When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. Hey, Louie. How you doing? Ah, pretty good. You? I'm doing good. All right. So, sorry. All right. The baby noises in the back. <laughs> it's okay. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> uh, you don't always control the, the the situation they're at, right? So. Oh no, it's it's perfectly fine. <laughs> it's, it's perfectly fine. I just want to say welcome to the show. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. You're very welcome. So, I'm gonna go ahead and introduce the show, and then we'll go on ahead, and I'll get. Uh, I'll say the t- title of the show and everything. And go from there. All right. All right. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For today's podcast, I actually have Louie back with me again. We're actually going to be doing our fantasy draft for our sci-fi. Sci-fi. <laughs> well, welcome to my life. All right. <laughs> it's okay, man. It's okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, you were saying, sir? <laughs> yeah, I was saying. Uh, we're actually doing our fantasy draft for one of our fantasy sci-fi movies that we're actually trying to pitch to each other and stuff like that on who we're going to cast, who we're going to actually direct it, and also, too, as well, who's, uh, what the score is going to be like. So we're going to be doing that tonight. I hope you guys actually enjoy it. So I'm going to go on ahead and let you kick it off. All right. Well, um, the way I wanted to, to start is we both present our directors and the name of the movie, and then one of us starts. So I'll start with my my director name. Uh, I wanted someone who who can reflect a bit my WTF mentality, but still have an interesting story. Uh, and I I don't know something connected with me for Taika Waititi, his humor mixed with <clears throat> clever um, storytelling. Uh, really interesting scenes you weren't you wouldn't necessarily expect to have humor but do uh and the name of the movie is the odyssey of the hopeless immortal oh nice so <laughs> who did you so who did you cast what's this plot about tell me i'm kind of i'm curious okay well um my main lead basically uh okay I'll explain a bit about the story before I go into the actors. We have four major, not well, not major, but main characters. One is a lead, three is main. Uh, the lead is played by James Franco. Okay. He plays the hopeless immortal. Uh, his story basically is uh, he used to be uh, part of the Saxon uh, Brit uh, before it was Great Britain's uh, the, the the nomad tribes. Uh, and the way you become <clears throat> immortal is is actually simple. You don't choose. Something happens. All the immortals that that exist in this world just have like a flash of light, and then realize after a while they don't go go older, right? right? And they find other people like them that realize they're kind of immortal. Like some have been around for a thousand years. Um, and just James Franco character. Um, was always an outcast in the Saxons, right? He always believed in humanity. He always believed in, you know, the the hope that people can change and we're going for the better and everything's good. Uh, and flash forward to 2020, he's given up. He he just can't stand humanity anymore with the state we're in in, in the t- today's day and age. 
social media and plastic wasting and all the stupidities and he realizes people will never change i give up on this and the day before they do their annual other uh, uh, normal every 50 year reunion of four mortals every 50 years they catch up right for them it's like almost five days so <laughs> they they go ahead and do like a, a get together but the day before they get together james franco's character uh has a meeting not about well, not a meeting but he meets with a gypsy um a gypsy mystic and she makes him realize uh, while having a, a predestination that uh, there is a concept of uh, of heaven and hell that actually exists. Maybe not the, the way that uh, we all know it, but there is in heaven and hell. And if he would have actually passed away, uh, normally he actually would have went to heaven. And that's... Oh, wow. That sends that sends off the, the edge. He's like, I have to endure these idiot humans for the rest of like ever when I could be like sipping margaritas and chilling right now. No. So he flips out and he goes and meets with uh these three other uh friends of his, which one is uh basically the same time time and age, almost a rival, even when he was a mortal person. Uh it's he the the character is a Roman. Uh, he used to be in politics. He's very, you know, higher class. He thinks he's everything, but has parts of having a heart, but is still a jerk to this day. Is that kind of friend that you want? You kind of ask yourself, why is he my friend? But you still accept him for the fact he's your friend. And that char- character is played by Zac Efron. Oh, nice. <laughs> I, I, uh, I actually like that. I actually like that. And, like, having a James Franco, Zac Efron, like, collaboration, helmed by Taika Waititi, good lord. Um, and the third character uh, is uh, basically, okay, I can say that. Used to be a, a world explorer uh, for the Portuguese, uh, a bit like uh, Christopher Columbus and etc. His purpose was to find, you know, New India, and 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 you know, colonize and colonize like a uh, new land for his country. But he's he was so bad. He was so bad. Give me one second, okay? That's okay. All right. All right. He was so bad at his job, um, and he has the worst sense of direction that he actually this uh, end up discovering uh, North Antarctica, and still to this day is not good at geography, and he um, he refuses to admit he sucks at uh, directions, <laughs> <laughs> even after I don't know how many a hundred years of, of experience, he still can't admit he really does not know what the hell he's doing. Um, and our third character is the youngest of all the friend immortals. Uh, she's only been uh, she's only been uh, an immortal for a hundred years. Uh, she never really did anything special in her life. She was just ready to die. That was it. Life is good. Bye. But something happened. She got a flash, and she became immortal. But she never really found her footing. Um, and the they all call her kid, you know. And that kid is pay, played by Bette Midler. 
Oh, sweet. That, that, <laughs> I like, okay. You're going a little bit old school by going a little bit new school. I, I totally like that. Yeah, I want. I want, definitely wanted to bring like Danny DeVito, and Bette Midler, Zac Efron, James Franco as your main cast, and Bette Midler is being called kid is just for me <laughs> awesome. Uh, and the whole purpose of this movie is when when they go ahead and meet with each other, like as per usual, Dave uh, James Franco s- announces that he wants to die. Uh, he's had enough with his immortal life, and he's going after the legends of. Uh, the cup of mortality. Uh, and that's why I called it the Odyssey because it's this way his, his journey uh, and discoveries going and finding the chalice of mortality. And to do so, <clears throat> there's three challenges um, for James Franco's character to pass through before he can go ahead and drink in the chalice of, uh, of mortality. And they have three guardians. The first guardian of the, the, the challenges is played by Octavia Spencer. Okay. I like that. And, and, and she's, she, Octavia Spencer plays, uh, she's very old. So she plays a, a know-it-all, uh, a very sarcastic, says a lot of like when, let's say when uh, James Franco gets a, a, a hint or a, a puzzle, she's like, good for you. I've never seen that before. You know, it really doesn't give a crap. And it's kind of like forced into guarding, uh, the first challenge and would want to do something else, but she can't. Uh, <laughs> and the second uh, guardian is played by Jeff Goldblum. Okay. And what, what character does he actually play? Uh, he's actually the creator of the Child's Immortality, but he actually has narcoleptic problems. So the challenge, um, the challenge that's, you know, usually supposed to, the, um, maybe last a day uh, because he keeps sleeping on the challenge actually lasts like a week (laughs) (laughs) and that's why he got booted off of of, uh, actually guarding the first uh, and the last um, the the last challenge because they they want to avoid the incident of 1490 you know no one knows what happened but something happened (laughs) so he got booted out by the council and got stuck with even he created the chalice he got stuck with the with guarding the the second challenge and the last challenge is guarded by tilda swinton okay and i wanted her to play very like a very how can i say reflective character her character is not made for for humor this is where i kick in more the emotional and go dive deeper into the message i want to send into uh, into this movie that you can live a five thousand years but sometimes you know life is not what you expect and sometimes you try to keep positive and everything seems to be good but sometimes you're just lying to yourself and you have to know where you want to go in life and what drastic things you have to change uh if you want to for james franco's uh side is like hey i want to go to heaven screw the earth you know <laughs> <laughs> i actually like um, your idea though that's actually pretty neat i would actually see that well yeah, so I, I needed something like you can play with something serious a bit because it's still not a dark subject but it's still the subject is a guy like says hey i want to die but with taika Waititi's uh sensibility the 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 stupidities you can have, you know, mm-hmm. um, the, 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 the little quick picks, especially like, I, I don't know why, but I just see something about Zach Efron 
I really like his com- uh, comedic chops, and I have a feeling that he would actually work good with Taika Waititi because he has this he has this rhythm to him that's very off sometimes, and I love it. Oh, nice! I, I can actually see Taika Waititi actually getting some of the humor that you actually put into something, and I know you're going for a little bit more of a serious type of thing, but you can also break into do some a little bit of comedy too with dark humor. Exactly. Like having these instances of um, what we do in the shadows. I don't know if oh. you've ever seen that. Yeah, I've seen that. I've actually seen that. H- have those moments. Like it's not a whole comedy, <clears throat> a whole comedy like that, but have these moments of just like, it's so ridiculous, but it's so funny at the same time. Uh, it's just a bunch of vampires, you know, having everyday life problems. It's an angle you never seen, right? So I wanted to have that angle of what if, like, ha- the immortal life is really not a, a, what it's, like, lived up to be, you know? And what stupidities we 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 not we don't necessarily understand because we're not immortal. But what kind of, like, day-to-day, oh... Uh, this again, they would have to go through because they live like for 5,000 years and nothing surprises them anymore, you know? Right. It's like everything that everything that's going to happen, they already pretty much th- know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, like, I can just imagine like Zach Efron saying comments like act- uh, of actresses like, yeah, I dated her, I banged her in the 1940s. Like, uh, and I banged her in the 50s and I banged her in the 60s and I banged her in the 70s. <laughs> it's like he, she banged every pretty woman possible, you know, <laughs> and still not satisfied. Because he's never going to be satisfied because of everything that's going on around him. Yeah, because he he, he has yeah. still hasn't met someone as good looking as he is. <laughs> that's how that I see great. his character. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the one thing I didn't mention for Bette Midler's character uh, that's what, like, she never mounted anything, right? She she always kept, like, a very ich life. But uh, she's officially the crazy cat lady of the immortals. And she has an unhealthy obsession with Pokemon. <laughs> I've decided, like, the, through the whole movie, I would I just imagine have, seeing Bette Midler with a Pikachu hat. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and, and her ca- keep, like, referencing to Pokemon jokes and no one, gi- no one giving a fuck. <laughs> I could just see Zac Efron, though, rolling his eyes. He's like, oh, great, this again? <laughs> or, like, or, like, why do we invite her every year, you know? And Danny DeVito's like, this is the only person I probably can bang of all their mortals. Give me a shot, man. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to help you. It's like, no, you're not trying to help me. You're trying to help yourself. Exactly, but and and that being said, the, the whole movie is him trying to die, and he actually, you know, he actually um, does the step. He takes the chalice. He passes away. Before he passes away, he sends a message to Zyka Efron's character saying, "I want you to continue the quest for you know for for hope for humanity because there, there, there's need to be someone who does it right that pushes humanity right. forward." And Zyka Efron took it to heart. Uh, so that when James Franco's character dies, he wakes up in heaven, but very quickly realizes heaven is not again what it's up to live to be. It, it feels like a step for wives situation, and right off the bat says, "Ah, oh, crap!" and <laughs> knows that he's <laughs> he's not in a better situation, probably even worse. And Zac Efron keeps his promise. He, you know, for him, his his vision of. Uh, keeping hope for humanity and everything. What is better 
than his good looks. So he he becomes a social media influencer and <laughs> helps people with his awesomeness. But, you know, gets arrested eventually for pushing the envelope too far on a YouTube video. Um, <laughs> and Dinah DeVito uh, went to Japan, never found him because he probably got lost. And Bette Miller is still the crazy cat lady. So that's pretty much my movie in a, in a nutshell. Okay. So I actually love your idea. And I know I said mine was going to be Wes Anderson from yeah. mine. And it's actually going to go outside the realm of what he normally does. Okay. But I'm actually, you know what? I actually decided to do a little rewrite and change the title. Okay. It's called The uh, Devil Cult May Have, uh, The Devil Cult. And it's actually the French, it's actually a French road out in Louisiana. Okay. And basically, the legend, because I'm basing this off of a legend here, mm. <laughs> but many enthusiasts of all things spooky around Baton Rouge know about the French Town Road. It's okay. not part of the French Town Road and uh, conversation area, but as one point, people used to travel there at night just to be scared. As the road goes deeper into the forest trees, are all, are all the drivers will see. Trees will grow close together and become almost like a wall, making the road even darker in the middle of the forest. Extending over the road lies trestle the visitors have covered with satanic symbols like pentagrams adorn the side of the tessel, leading to the rumor satanic groups gather together in surrounding areas. Visitors have claimed to see people watching them along the side of the road and feared being taken and possibly slain if they continue to follow the road. So what I have is I have the college professor played by Tom Hanks Mm. who doesn't really believe in legends or anything like that. He's like one of those people, like if he sees it, he believes it. If that makes sense. Yeah. But in this, in the the Wes Anderson style though, it's going to be a very different kind of style. Mm. I'm actually thinking, okay, this is the way I'm thinking that Wes Anderson is going to actually do it. He's getting tired of doing some of the same stuff that he's normally known for. So he might want to actually branch out and do something like this. Okay. To show his horror aspects. Mm. So this is also going to be set in like the 80s. I'm okay. Gonna that set into the 80s. And Tom Hanks, of course, is going to be the college professor. Then Jeff Goldblum who believes in the legends, who studies up on the legends and everything, is actually his assistant mm. and everything. So you have one person who doesn't believe and one person that does believe. Now, you have Tom Hardy, who happens to be... Of course, these college professors are actually out of town. Mm. And it's actually going to be taking place during Christmas break. And so anyways, Tom Hardy is going to be playing the uh, boat uh, boat tour guy or the tour guy in the forest area. Is he, uh, how does it look like? Is he shady or did you trust him when you see him? He, you can actually tell that there's something off with this guy because number one, he's talking in that Cajun French accent, that, that deep Cajun a- accent. He's also kind of drunk a little bit. It's like someone that you wouldn't want to trust on a, um, on a tour like this. Uh, okay, so I, I get it. You don't trust him because he has French roots. Th- thank you, John. Thank you. <laughs> all right, all right. We're, okay, I get it. Oh, yeah, all right, we're freaky. Okay, nah. <laughs> but 
And then you have Denzel Washington that's in this movie who is actually a camper camping out with his girlfriend who is actually played by Emma Watson. Mm. And even though that they're not, you know, not of the same age or anything like that, but, you know, we're just going off the cuff, Mm. you know. And Gal Gadot is actually Ben Affleck's girlfriend. Well, it was, a, well, it was something. So, okay. So I got that going. So they're campers and everything who is actually there to study up on this legend as well. Hmm. But then they see this group and like, hey, can we go on ahead and be part of this group? Hmm. So they go on this journey to f- find out if this road is actually haunted. And it kind of has like a Blair Witch Project kind of feel to it, but not found footage type. Mm. You know? But at the same time, they wake up, they see the satanic symbols, they see the pentagrams drawn, and then there's even, I don't know, the, Tom Hanks wakes up, and there's actually a pentagram marked on his wrist. Okay, so and, you're going for straight, like, horror. Yeah, I'm going straight horror sci-fi. Okay, interesting. So... You know, this is actually going to be a fantasy slash horror film in this nightmare kind of realm. Mm. Because the way that I'm actually shaping this out to be, they're in a giant ass pentagram the whole entire time and they don't even know it. Mm. The woods is shaped in a giant ass pentagram. Mm. Cool. So uh, Tom Hanks wakes up with the pentagram on his wrist. He's freaking out. And of course, you know, and he's blaming. Uh, his assistant, Jeff Goldblum, of course, is not even studying him or anything like that. He's, you know, he's doing his Jeff Goldblum-isms, you know what I mm. mean? He's like, he's like, okay, this tree right here wasn't here last night, and now it's all of a sudden here. And then they were pushed together. And then, you know, there's just something off about that tree, and then Tom Hanks is still doing, like, he's still freaking out. Mm. And then Tom Hardy, of course, is like, if you go, uh, disappears after throughout through the night. He's like, and then he like you only see Tom Hardy at night. You don't see him during the daytime with the other travelers. Okay. So you're wondering too, what, where's the actual tour guy with the um and everything? And all of a sudden, Tom just comes back at night, hmm. and he's like, uh, "Where were you?" Tom t- turns around. And he says, "I was looking for you the whole time," and. I can't find you throughout the woods. Well, we lost you twice and you found us, but come to find out Tom is actually the person that winded up dying on that road. Okay. That's the plot twist. Okay. That whole entire thing. So that's why he only appears at night because he's a ghost. Yep. Okay. He's only a ghost and everything. He get this. Everybody else and everything and this giant pentagram as well, they wind up seeing all these uh, satanic rituals and everything else that's going on and everything. And that's actually the same thing that Tom Hardy saw that night before he died. Mm. And everything too. So you have that going on. You have satanic rituals. Uh, Tom Hanks is actually cursed and everything too. They are, uh, matter of fact, one of the Satanists actually has to go ahead and sacrifice someone that's older in order for Tom Hardy to come back. Okay. So it's it's like cause and effect kind of thing. Mm, yeah. But what do you think? 
It's just, like I, I like the fact like I can imagine just that scene that the 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 camera pans out from the up and starting to stabilize and you see more of a bird's eye view and then the re, the um, the spectator realizes the forest is a pentagram that's interesting to me i like that concept and i like also i i would like to know more like about what the rituals are and is it like a specific deity is it just satan himself is it and other other realms that connect like the situation is good i just want to know more about ever about the realms. yeah are we going more into the lore or are you you just going more surface level and more of the the atmosphere and less about the story i'm actually going to go into the realm because basically they're actually trying to summon not only do, do they try to bring tom hardy back but they're also trying to summon the devil as well mm. To go and because once you resurrect Tom Hardy again, he's not gonna be be into that body. He's gonna be in Tom Hanks's body. Mm. But here's another kicker, though: they're trying to go ahead and get Satan. So therefore, they're gonna try and put Satan in Tom Hanks's body too. Mm. So you have two spirits in one body. Mm. So what do you think about that concept? Well, the two spirits in one body. The does Tom Hanks plays two different types of yep. uh, of okay so it's a, like a split personality take yep it's gonna be a split personality take and of course he has to do the fr- uh french accent and everything else and of course you know you can actually see tom hardy's face a little bit mm. to where he's actually trying to fight to break through mm. to try and fight the spirit that's inside of tom Hanks's body as well mm. So you have that conflict going on, and then you have the devil fighting inside this body as well, trying to actually consume this body to see if it's actually right and fit for him. Okay. And, like, up to what point did other people realize something's happening, or it's only, like, at the like at the end? It's going to be in the middle, because during this whole entire thing, everybody else is sleeping. Okay. It's just going to be between Tom Hanks and Tom Hardy, whenever he discovers that Tom Hardy is actually the ghost. Okay, 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 so no one's aware until, like, the middle, okay. Right, but he, they realize, though, too, that something's off with Tom Hanks, though. Mm. So, essentially, Tom Hanks be- becomes the villain. Right. Okay. And Right, it's no longer about the Satanist or anything like that. It's now trying to be surviving against this guy with the split personalities. Okay. With the devil and Tom Hardy being in there. And as well, like there's no exit, right? So they're even though they run away from him, it's a circle. So basically, you can always right. run back to him, and you're still screwed. So what do you do, right? Exactly. What do you do in this giant circle? Hmm. And so basically, Jeff Goldblum <clears throat> has the idea of actually trying to make a trap for him. And the way that he makes the trap is trying to use the sticks that was actually glued, consumed together mm. and try and make one giant trap to where he can actually lure him in somehow. Interesting. Yeah, it's um like the, the story's well, well, pretty well thought out as well as like I like the concept of having uh, Tom Hanks that we haven't seen yet because we, we don't usually see him dive into those uh, types of characters. No, it's not I, I remember of. And right. seeing him, if he's able to play that like that split personality and make it believable, that might be interesting. Um, question for you, is there, is there a horror movie you can 
kind of like reference to on the um, the feel of the movie. It's gonna have a little bit. I actually grabbed a little bit from the movie Hatchet, which is this B-rated movie. Okay. Whereas this uh, legend of one of the swamps in New Orleans, and Mister Crawley is the one who haunts the swamp. Okay. So I grabbed that idea from that. Okay. And then I started googling different um, myths and legends and everything within the New Orleans area. Mm, okay. So then I grabbed this one because it just gravitated towards me. Mm-hmm. So then I'm like, okay, let's go a little bit different here. Let's go on ahead and do a little split personality thing. Mm. So I'm like, okay, how do we get him to this point where he actually meets up with Tom Hardy? Is it going to be during the morning time or is it going to be at nighttime? Or is it going to be one of those things that's in the morning time, but there's a little bit of fog catching the swamp. Mm. And then that's where he sees Tom Hardy. Mm. And he can basically see through Tom. And then he explains to him, hey, I've been dead for this long of time. He goes, the reason why you couldn't see me all those other times is because I'm dead. Hmm. I'm trying to actually help you try and find a way out of here because I don't even know the way out of here myself, but I'm going off of instinct on how I came in here the first time. Hmm. That's so, interesting. It, it, I, I, Tom Hardy especially can play really good weird characters and you know not feel cheesy. So definitely, most definitely, you definitely pick the the good actor to embody uh, and. That's the thing, like Tom Hanks playing like Tom Hardy inside. That I, would that work though? Like I love Tom Hanks, but I'm not. I don't remember for his impersonations, right? Right. But I'm thinking too, though. Maybe they can actually have Tom Hardy do a voiceover type of thing, where he can actually do have his voice in with Tom. Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Do, mix it together. Do a Marilyn Mar- Manson uh, type thing. Exactly. High high pitch, low pitch theater. Interesting. Hmm. So cool. That's also another thing too. I grabbed. I grabbed a little bit of Manson too, along with this. <laughs> well, so. well, it's funny I picked that up because that's kind of what it sounded like. Right. But for my movie, since we are comparing tones, um, what I pretty much got inspired like the the, the way the movie feels, and again, imagine that, but with a bit more of the humor of Taika Waititi is the secret life of Walter Mitty with Ben Stiller. Oh, it's that that's the vibe I'm going for. Like they're serious, right? There's emotional moments and there's like these funny little moments. Now think of like the funny little moments has a Taika Waititi um, uh, touch to it, but it's very, very inspired by the secret life of Walter Mitty. He's trying to find a better self, right? Right, I got gotcha. you. He's just trying to find a better version of himself. Exactly. For for my character, is just dead in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I actually love that though. I mean, Taika is like the type of person that could do something like that. I can actually see him playing around with that mm. to where you know your character, the character's in heaven. He's over there trying to mess around and try and uh, figure out what he's going to do with his life and everything. And it's all about questioning his own inabilities and everything. Yeah, it's and it's like again because the, the whole movie set on Earth, right? Um, I don't know if that you understood, right? Uh, what's that? The whole movie set on Earth, right? Right. Okay. The whole movie's right. Okay, so yeah, the whole movie set on Earth, right? But like, imagine like living for I don't know over five hundred thousand years, right? And you were someone who was happy, who believes in humanity. Imagine the shit you've seen, all the 
bad things humans do and he still pushed on still pushed on until just recently it got even worse because everything's so social media now but imagine being someone hopeful and that twisted in anger and you know you would like to find your peace back but how is it possible when humans keep disappointing you you know exactly because here's the thing if you depend on humans and everything you're setting yourself up for disappointment because we're our own worst enemies yeah yeah you know and it relates like everyone understands that feeling, right? That the, you know, losing hope in humanity and sometimes finding it back, but then getting their hearts ripped up again and then questioning yourselves, like, what am I doing? Like, why do I keep falling the same traps over and over? And that's human behavior, you know? Right. And I also have a question too. Like, yeah. does he comes down from heaven, right? As well? No, no, not at all. No? Okay. Because I was wondering if he actually comes down and everything and starts trying to understand humans. No, no, no. Okay, the way maybe I misexplained that. Um, there, these characters were all all human at one point until, mm-hmm. for an un, unexplained um, reason, they they got like this flash of light. Right? They just they just saw white light and then it disappeared. And then after years went on, realized they would never die. It, like something okay. happened when they got that flash of light in, in their brains, let's say something happened. Even the immortals, the creator, the chalice doesn't even know what happened. There's a lot of side bets and there's been arguments over it and way too many drunken fights. Like, you can cut, cut the um, cut scenes of like pirates fighting among each other because of that subject and stuff like that. Right. But and then to today's age, we still don't know what happens, but they were all human at one point or, or the other. Okay, I got you. And then they just keep on falling into the same traps. They're trying to understand what's going on with themselves as a that struggle within their own selves. Well, th- that's just James Franco's character. The rest, right? The rest are, uh, go on the journey with him to try to stop him. <laughs> so there's always like these 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 things they're doing, trying to convince him to stop doing challenges because they need him. But they're only saying that because they're being egotistical and they, they don't like change, right? Most of the immortals right. are happy to be immortal. James Franco is making cash right at the beginning. He owns like two casinos and bangs any babes that he <laughs> wants, you know? Bet right. Middle can't, can't believe there's a new Pokemon coming out on the Wii, you know? She's like <laughs> tripping her balls. And, and, and you know, Daddy DeVito is just cranky. He, he loves being the cranky old man on his porch yelling at kids, it, like for him, it brings joy to his life. You know, he's a miserable cat. But James Franco's like, what's the what's the purpose? If my base thing was hope and, and believing and trying, all he wanted to do was mentor someone, and never was able even to find one person in a thousand years to mentor. So he's like, screw it, you know, I'm dying. <laughs> As, all right. Especially that he 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 gets uh, told that you know if you would have died, you actually would have went to heaven. You know, sexy be mortal, huh? Yeah. And he's like, no, I, I'm not taking this. I'm. Not, <laughs> what have I done to deserve this? That's actually pretty cool, though. I mean, I love that whole entire thing. And I can see Matt Miller goes, oh, look, you got to catch them all. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I see when, J- get this, I can actually picture James Franco doing one of his challenges, challenges <laughs> and she throws out a Pokemon reference. <laughs> but that, that, that's why I want, like, Bette Miller's character is this really, like, you love her, and she has, like, this, like, um, 
uh, cotton a sweater of like a pink sweater with a kitten on it and has like a Pikachu hat with a Pikachu, Pikachu tail <laughs> and like keeps doing references. Like even Danny video is like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but good Lord. You know, she, she keeps doing these like pop uh, culture references as well, uh, it, which, you know, that are mortals really couldn't give a crap. What's uh what's some of the references though that she actually gives besides the Pokemon? Uh, all the awesome times for her, the eighties is the best, right? So <laughs> all like she she keeps listening to Madonna over and over. Uh she she's stuck like like her favorite decade was the eighties. Uh life was okay. not amounting to much when she became a, a mortal, but she realized she was born in this uh, in the wrong, you know, century and is happy to be mortal because she can actually live in the times that she she feels more comfortable, which is 80s and up. Uh, she loves Instagram. Still doesn't understand how it works, but it's hot, young, and awesome. And in her mind, she's hot, young, and awesome. So, <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I can picture her, too, with like an 80s kind of hairstyle, though, too. Oh, yeah. And you know that old person, not the, the older person that, you know, kind of needs an update, a makeover, because she's stuck in an era, you know? Yeah. Th- that's Bette Miller's character, but with a Pikachu hat. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I can see her. Hold on, James. I actually have a theme song for you, and it's like a virgin. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. Uh... <laughs> I, can, I can totally see it. Then there's Daniel videos where you shut the hell up. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and like, Again, James Franco does like again. James Franco shouldn't be in this like foursome of friends. It, it, they're all oddballs, right? They shouldn't be friends because, but because they're all mortals, and for some reason or not, they actually like each other because they can't relate to most people because the immortals are are there but are very varse, right? They're they're not right. they're skirt uh, uh, scarce. They're not like next door neighbors. So when you find some and you can tolerate them somewhat. It creates a connection. But James Franco is the most odd one out. And his story arc is basically him not really succeeding in his own way, yes, but him trying to be less about himself and him caring about other people. Because he kept like saying to James Franco's character, like, this is stupid, this is stupid, not understanding his feelings and what he's going through. But then realizing I'm saying all this because I don't want him to leave me, you know. I'm this is the the annoying person I'm used to for X number of uh, of uh, centuries, you know. It's the annoying parrot that when I get rid of the parrot, I realize the annoying the annoyance was actually what I enjoyed. Then it hits him right, like I'm I'm losing my best friend almost that I've been bickering since the Roman times, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, and I also have a question too, like. With Jolf Goldblum's character and everything, does he ever show up, or is he just oh, yeah. like part of the introduction? No, no, he's he's the second challenge. He, like I say, he's the creator of the chalice. He holds a lot in, of of you know the 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 information. He knows exactly how it works. Just good luck having a whole conversation longer than thirty seconds. <laughs> I can see him talking about the challenge, and every and he has two people sitting beside him to nudge him. Yeah, and nothing's working. And like the 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 whole explanations of the and that's like the whole scene, the whole joke of it is the explanation of the challenge is around like two pages long if it was a book. So having a two page long explanation, but with thirty seconds of explanation and then two hours of sleep, 
and then waking up like if you're not around him because he doesn't talk loud either right so if you're not around him you miss the 30 seconds he goes back to sleep anyways you're like oh fuck what did you say <laughs> so, like, and then he has to go back and repeat it again and then i can see danny we go here we go with this shit again no but it's not it's not repeating he he actually like when he okay. wakes up he 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 goes off of where he was right Okay, okay, but I got you. There's a point, like I said, it lasts a week when you the other challenge lasts a day because, like, he kept sleeping, waking you up, saying 30 seconds, sleeping back, waking you up, saying 30 seconds or something. <laughs> and it got so bad that he actually got like night watch, like, okay, I'm going to bed, you're going to go next to him. And so, like, that's the Jeff. I would see Jeff Goldblum doing something as stupid as that, too, you know. <laughs> I can see that too. I, I do have a question though. Is he gonna be wearing something similar to what he wore in Thor? For this, is his hair gonna be kind of like that? I was like, I was actually imagining him with like very like long, fluffy white hair, like so, something very like um almost Viking, Zeus? yeah, Zeus or Viking, like almost like a god, like like he okay. he's been around for a long time, and I would see him very, very, very pale, like he hasn't seen sunlight in like over a thousand something years. <laughs> Okay, okay, I, I can see that. I can definitely see that. Because he, he wants to get out, especially he's been wanting to go to the bathroom for the last 200 years, but he keeps freaking falling asleep. Again, we don't, know, <laughs> we don't know what happened in 1490, but something happened, and the uh, narcolepsy started at that time. So, I love it. I love that idea. We need to go in here and tweet Taika tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's, I wanted to find something kooky, but heart, heartwarming. Uh, and that's the, what Taika Waititi is, right? It's it's funny. It's situations of like, oh, wow, okay. Like, I was not expecting this, but it has a lot of heart at the same time. And that's why I want to reference Midi, um, The Secret Life of Walter Midi, because that's what it felt like, right? There was... Right. There's some humor moments, but this is something we can all relate to. We we are not the same that we're in 20 or 30 or 40. Life advances and we advance. And sometimes we turn in our, or have habits or turn into something that we're not necessarily you know, aware at first. But then we realize how we are or how we act is not how we were before. Something right. happened to change us. Exactly. It could be past experiences. It could be just about anything. And sometimes our you know what i'm saying it's always us trying to be the best versions of ourselves mm. you know and, oh i just and then we i just realized something i mm. never gave my choice for the composer yeah i was gonna ask you that and then i'll get into mine <laughs> uh yeah mine was nathan johnson from knives out um i actually took oh. it, it took him because uh I, I didn't know him before i was uh when i was selecting to do the the mock draft list uh, I was searching like who's the latest uh, composers, and I was listening to all of them. And when I fell into Nathan Johnson uh, work for Knives Out, there's something so gypsy about it. There's something so like mysterious and backstabbingish a bit. Like I, I liked it. It was very different from the other ones. Um, I wanted to go for that gypsy vibe. You know, I wanted to have that like a bit, a bit like uh, what we do in the shadows music as well. Um, it feels old, you know? Okay. I definitely like that. I definitely like what you're going for with that. I think that's actually perfect for what you're going for. Yeah. Okay. So for me, I decided just to go based off of a song, um, list of songs or whatever. Um, opposite of the composer stuff. Okay. And I decided to go with When the Lights Go Out by The Black Keys. 
Okay. And I'll have to send you the link for that. And the reason why, this song was actually used for Black Snake Moan as well. Mm. But I'm like, you know what? This song could actually be used in the song in this kind of context of what I was talking about. Mm. Too, because of the fact that when the lights go out, you know, everything is all dark. Everything is spooky. Everything You're stuck in this realm mm. that you don't even know you're stuck in. Mm. And then, of course, you know, I also picked out um, another little thing that I uh, that I picked out was, uh, I know I picked one song that I sent you, but that was, I'm actually just using that for like the beginning. It has no type of, um, you, uh, no type of lyrics or anything like that, mm-hmm. but it has that 80s flavor to it. Okay. It has like a kind of like a Stranger Things vibe to it, but it's more for geared towards the adults kind of thing. Okay. You mean like the the very synth-oriented and like no drums, just like very like breathy synths? Right. With a little small techno beat kind of type of thing. Okay. I'll have to resend you the link again (laughs) so that way you can actually understand it. All right. But um, that's what I was going for with this. Now, if I was to pick a person to actually do it, it would be Hans Zimmer. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Huh? Has he done a horror movie soundtrack yet? I don't think so. But I could also probably put Trent Reznor on this as well. Yeah, you see, I would see Trent Reznor. Like, something about Trent Reznor's, like, vibe and overall sound that kind of sounds horror, you know? Especially right. if he doesn't... I, I don't want him to sing. No. I no, want him just to do the, uh, the instrumental, you know? Right, I can see him doing the instrumental for this because mm. I don't want him. To, there's certain stuff that actually fits in good whenever he does stuff like that, and it's not with him singing. It's instrumental. Mm. Now, if I was going for like a club type fantasy movie type thing, mm. yeah, I would actually say get Trent to go ahead and do something like that. Mm. But considering the fact that what I want to do is I want to make this a movie where it's actually just horror elements into it. <laughs> And stuff like that, Trent will be my pick, go to for it. All right, and, and question for you for ra- wrapping up in your storyline: Who survives? Who doesn't? How does it end? Okay, so basically, Tom dies by the struggle within himself is actually the thing that kills him. Okay, and Tom Hardy, of course, is let out. Tom Hardy's okay, but then there's that guilt of you know he didn't get him out of there. Mm. whenever he should have gotten him out of there <clears throat> you know even ghost has their own struggles you mm. know and that, now not only is he there not only not only is uh tom hardy in these in the woods and everything now but tom hanks is now a ghost as well okay. but but now uh these other Satanists is actually trying to go after denzel washington they're trying to go after gal Gadot and ben affleck and also uh emma watson Hmm. So Emma winds up trying. She thinks that she sees the way out because they have a way of actually tricking the whole entire thing into like a mirage type of thing. Okay. And it's not the car, it's just sticks in the shape of a car. Okay. And everything. But from a distance, it actually looks like their car. Hmm. From, a long, from seven feet away, it looks like their car. But instead, it's just a bunch of sticks that was put together by the Satanists and everything. She gets captured, and then they wind up killing her. 
then Denzel is over there near a swamp and everything. And of course, he's washing his face, trying to keep he's trying to keep himself hydrated because it is even though that it's during the wintertime, sometimes too, we still have some humidity. Mm. So therefore his clothes are still sticking. So there's that. And then uh, he gets pulled into the swamp. So now it's just Ben Affleck and Emma Watson who has to try and survive. And as they're going, and, oh yeah, then Jeff Goldblum's also in it too. So you have three survivors that's still there. Hmm. So Jeff Goldblum is looking around trying to, and get this, he, he walks off and leaves Emma Watson and Ben Affleck all together. He's on his own journey by himself because that's what he does. Because Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> right. <laughs> because as a matter of fact, as Denzel's getting dragged in, down in the swamp, he's busy reading his book. <laughs> and uh, matter of fact, the way that ben, uh, Denzel actually dies is the swamp actually goes ahead and gets the seaweed, gets the um, some type of swamp water, actually swallows, uh, ties them up, some bindings that actually ties them up. And then, of course, they also take some of the uh, gillyweed and everything and puts it in his mouth and then drags him in the, under the water. Oh, a bit like an evil dead moment. Yep, exactly. Okay. And then uh, Jeff Goldblum's busy reading his book, and he's talking, to, he's talking out loud. He goes, okay. I think I figured it out. I think I figured out the way out of here. Just as he does that, the trees winds up, the branches winds up taking him, and then both branches rips him apart. All right. And then <laughs> it's like nature, basically, it's like nature fighting against us. Yeah. Is what I'm using. Okay. So I actually like the element because don't forget, we're actually the ones who actually are damaging our own planet type of thing. Yeah, well, there's a reason why the Jeff character is, is tied up, uh, tired of humanity. We're all dumb. Right. <laughs> exactly. So that's why, too, I'm also using elements from that, too, from that as well, where, you know, it's like nature is actually getting tired of us. Hmm. And so, anyways, you actually have Emma Watson and Ben Affleck now. Ben says to Emma Watson, I think we're just better off together them rather us being separated because we've been we all our our whole entire group is actually separated now Hmm. we don't know where everybody is everybody could either be dead and they don't have any clue that their friends are dead or anything Hmm. or anything because remember tom hanks went off by himself everybody's off on their own adventure (laughs) no one's together so you know she tells him okay that sounds like a good idea during the night uh, she goes on ahead and use, says that she has to go use the bathroom. Of course, you know, this is like a very bland thing that basically happens in every horror film. Hmm. But <clears throat> she winds up <clears throat> going to the bathroom. You okay there? Her, <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. I have some drainage coming down my throat. All right. <laughs> uh, some, some, uh, some drainage problems uh, with my allergies. But anyways... She winds up getting captured. Tom, uh, not, uh, then you also have, like I said, Ben Affleck. He, he's now by himself. Hmm. So now he hears something in the woods. And basically, it's the Satan group, Satanist group, and everything with their torches and everything else. And they're getting ready to probably try and sacrifice him. 
So he hurries up and tries to get out of the woods and everything. Mm. He, and by the time this is actually wrapped up, no one survives. Oh, you're you're a very optimistic person. <laughs> no one survives. <laughs> oh, yeah. all right. So we have very two completely different uh, movies. That's for sure. I have one person dying. You have all of them dying. I'm very morbid. I don't know. <laughs> we we all need uh, the morbid morbid moments, right? <laughs> but no, I, but yeah. I, I like it. Like I, I just would hope you wouldn't use any jump scares because that's I no. I, I I give up on hero horror movies when there's like relying only on jump scares or stupid things. Like I, I'm I'm sorry, I'm not a fan. Sorry, this if this offends anyone, but I hate Insidious and. Um, the more modern like franchise horror movies i there's something about so predictable about them and you can kind of like read their beats and i, I would hope you would go more of like no. effed up uh atmosphere like the witch or you know <laughs> to be honest with you that's what i'm going for but also a little bit of conjuring though too okay all right and this is actually gonna have a slow build to it mm. it's not gonna be where okay there is a 90 minute movie tom hanks gets taken and everything else no this is going to be a slow build. There's going to be something that's actually going to build towards all that. How long? Stuff that I described. How long is your movie? I say about two hours. Oh shit! Okay, mine's simple. <laughs> mine, mine's an hour and twenty-five. It's short, sweet, simple, straight. Like it's not one of those big, well-established. Like there's like a part in the uh, there's just like dissections in part one. The section. No, it's very straightforward. A man going on a journey, going to point A to point B to point C to die, you know? <laughs> okay. I, I like your, I like that, though. I like the fact that you actually narrowed it down to the hour and 25 minutes marker. Because that's actually something rare in today's movies and everything. Mm-hmm. That's te- that they don't really do that much. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it in in, um, in theaters. I would actually put it on, uh, on um, Prime. Okay. It that's would be a Prime. good. It'd be a prime exclusive movie. And I'm actually doing the same thing, though, but I'm actually going to go with HBO Max. All right. And everything because of the fact, you know, you have those big star names, but Warner Brothers can actually produce it. Yeah. And everything and have uh, maybe James Wan can produce it. <laughs> but hey, you never know. You know right but like but like i said though i'm actually going for like a conjuring vibe Mm. with it i'm not going for cheap jump scares or anything like that Mm. i'm basically whenever uh emma watson gets in the woods and everything gets taken basically she hears the uh hears some sticks actually and she thinks that it's actually further away than what she thinks it is yeah so she goes back to peeing and then she hears it get again, and it gets a little closer. She and but also too, it also feels kind of far away. She still handles her business and everything, and gets everything done. Mm. Then all of a sudden, you don't see what takes her. All you see is something that grabs her from underneath her feet and then pulls her. Mm. So we don't know if it's the trees that took her. We don't know if it's the Satanist that actually takes her. We just know that something. Yeah. She, she she did not have a happy happy death. That's for sure. No, she didn't. <laughs> so that's just my take. Why would we have a happy death? It's a horror movie, right? Right. 
Alright, All right, boy, look, uh, this, is, this was a, a very interesting first try at it. This is, I'm happy you went with it, uh, with the idea. I just, something sparked in my brain, and like, ah, let's do something different. So, I uh, thank you very right. much for indulging in my, uh, my fantasy of drafting. Oh, you're very welcome. I would like to do this again, you know? Maybe we can do our comedy list or something like that, you know? <clears throat> but I was thinking of something. Um, it, it, if this goes well, and, like, we, 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 we're able to do this sometimes... Why don't we do a, a face-off? I do a, um, an idea, like the same thing we did, right? I present something, you present something. But we have actually okay. have to convince someone to pick our script, to pick our idea, okay. right? So a bit like doing movie fights, but like a movie scenario fight. Like we do our drafting, our cast, our our storyline, and the meaning behind the movie, etc., the type of movie. And then they have to choose at the end of the day which script and idea to buy that's actually a good idea. Matter of fact, I might actually get one of my friends on the podcast with, with us. All right. And that could be the person that actually says, be like the studio executive, if they want to go ahead and buy mine or they want to buy yours, and we can do it that way. Exactly. All right. Challenge is on, my friend. All right. Let's do it. You're going down. <laughs> I don't think so. I think you are. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Bring it on. All right. All right. Let's do it. I'll curse at you in <laughs> French. You won't even, or even understand what the fuck I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. I'll just smile and say, okay. <laughs> oh, wait, tabarnak, call the Saint Sacrament Sea Boy. Okay. That... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I ain't saying. All right. Okay. A fungo. <laughs> hey, call this. Fungo, let the mama de fa. Did you quit, tabarnak? <laughs> I don't right. know what you said. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what you said, so it's a... um, as my, I can actually cuss in Italian. <laughs> and, and I can cuss in, in what we call Quebecois, which is French uh, French English uh, French Canadian, right? And uh, okay. every curse word is actually related to a um a religious artifact. That okay. that's how much Quebec is distanced themselves from, from religion. Like Catholics Catholics does not like it it exists. But even the government uh, actually banned anything to do with religion, any symbols when it comes to like, the, uh, in judges and everything. So we use swear words that are related to the church. Like the tabernacle is a tabernacle. Uh, the Christi is the, um, the bread that you eat, which represents the, the skin of Christ. Stuff like that. Okay. Okay. I gotcha. All right. So, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Or well, apparently, I wanted to just break out and explain cursing in Quebec. But no, no, I'm <laughs> um, I'm pretty good. I'm just happy we we did this. It it Me actually it, it jogged my my creative brain because God knows I can create things. But it was interesting to try to find a flavor to it. It wasn't just coming up with an idea, right? It's coming up right. with the right actors that fit the kooky idea I had, you know. And again, nothing screams immortals and miserable than Danny DeVito. Yeah, I agree. I can actually hear him. He looks like he should die at any minute now, but he's still not dead. Right. <laughs> he might be immortal himself. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. Well, perfect, John. All right, man. Well, thank you again for joining us and everything. I do appreciate it, as always. And everyone, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I hope you guys enjoy the show. I'm probably going to have something planned out for uh, the next three days. I'm actually trying to get a person that was actually in charge of the lighting with the Goldbergs TV show. Nice. He also did the blacklist. He's also done a couple of other uh, TV shows and everything. So I'm actually trying to get him on. So 
we're just gonna have to wait and see. He even did the Tick uh, TV series as well. Nice. Or, yeah. So I definitely want to jog his uh, jog his uh, warehouse on everything that he's done. All right, can't wait to hear that, man. Me either. All right. So thanks again. Until next time. Bye bye. Bye bye.